0: Welcome back to Rogue Fun, a podcast story. The podcast all about Rogue One. I'm Alice White and unfortunately Buddy Duquesne couldn't be with us again this week. We do miss him terribly, but in his place we have the absolutely fantastic Hope Mullinex. Here to... Uh, to co host with me. Hi, Hope. I'm so excited to be here. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Um, Hope runs the absolutely fantastic podcast, J Guys and Jedi, all about Star Wars animation and all things animated. And it's fantastic and wonderful. And Hope and I have co hosted on the Geeky Waffle before as well. Uh, Hope's just the best, very Star Wars knowledgeable. Uh, here oh. to talk to us about episode four of Andor. When, before we get started, though, I have a couple of questions for you, Hope. Um, since this show is about Rogue One, my first question for you is, tell me about the first time you watched Rogue One.
1: Oh, so first of all, Rogue One is my favorite Star Wars movie. Yay! And I love it. I love it so much. Um, it was actually a really fun experience because... I went with, like, my friend Paige and, like, a group of, like, our our other friends and stuff like that. But really, like, me and Paige were, like, the ones geeking out the most because... Outside of all the boys that was with us, Paige was the only one who had like seen Clone Wars and Rebels and none of them knew. So me and Paige were just like, there's Son Carrera, there's Chopper, and like, there's, a, <laughs> there's the ghost. And like we were having like little panic attacks. Um <laughs> But it was also like sad because Carrie Fisher had just died. So mm-hmm. seeing Leia in that final moment was just like a gut punch um so it was just we had all these highs and we had some like bittersweet moments with leia and and my friend Paige loves carrie fisher so like she just started bawling um and it was just this amazing experience um that i i I absolutely loved and i gosh rogue one was definitely a movie that's grown on me though like i liked it but the more i sat with it i learned to love it but it was really the first time I felt validated as a Star Wars fan, um, especially a fan of animation. And so I, I just I adore that movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know what? You are far from the first person to say, even on the show, that you had to kind of sit with it for a while and like see it a couple of times before you really appreciated it. Uh, that seems to be a pretty like common consensus amongst uh, amongst people. But then it's the best one. So, yeah, everybody come everybody comes around eventually. <laughs> um so your first impressions obviously like fairly positive yeah. um and have only improved since um and i uh, you you touched on this uh a little especially um when you said this is the first time you felt validated at a star wars fan as a star wars fan especially as a fan of animation other than the the super fun rebels easter eggs throughout the um throughout the film uh what else what is it about rogue one that really like brings you closer to star wars or like how has it sat with you and like your fandom
1: journey so before rogue one came out and and the reason it validated me was i was a manager of a comic book store and being a woman in charge of a comic book store you run into what who what the people i call dude bros (laughs) um and so for like so many years, I heard that the only quote unquote real Star Wars was in the movies and Clone Wars and Rebels didn't count because they weren't real Star Wars. And so when it was announced that Forrest Whitaker was going to be in the movie, it just made me sob. Like I just broke down to my store and started crying because now those dude bros couldn't tell me it wasn't real Star Wars anymore. And It's just grown over time. Like I I view Rogue One as what Trash should have been when it comes to balancing the canon. Rogue One has stuff from the prequels, the original trilogy, animation, books, comics. It has hints towards the sequel trilogy. It's just like this blend of canon and how to mix the canon together into a stellar piece of Star Wars. And I felt like it was what Trash should have been as a celebration of the entire canon not just like one part of it and i just i've learned to just really love these characters over time like i actually really didn't like jen at first uh-huh. but i've grown to like really get her because she has like a full mental health journey all five stages of grief and oh, like yeah. in the course of a, a, of all the time and i especially love bodhi like bodhi is one of my favorite star wars characters he does not get enough love he I am a very firm believer that Jenna is the heart of the movie, but Bodhi is the plot of the movie. Oh yeah, because the entire plot revolves around him.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my god! And Justice for Bodhi Rook—he does not appear on like nearly enough merchandise and, and stuff for that movie too. The, the and when we- I when I tell you, Candace said exactly the same thing about <laughs> Bodhi Rook last week. Well, she she also brought but brought up Bodhi Rookas like being a particularly important like part of the movie for her and her fandom experience. So <laughs> I'm like so nice, so pleased that you mentioned him. This is two episodes in a row. <laughs> the
1: reason Cassian needs Jen is to find Bodhi. The way they find Galen is Bodhi. The way that they they take Bodhi to the council, the Rebel Council. Mm-hmm. The way they on Scarif is Bodhi. Like he is the plot of the movie. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You're correct, and you should say so. Uh, <laughs> I have in a two hour commentary that's on our podcast that's called Bodie Rook Save Star Wars. <laughs> that's
0: the name of the episode. It's true. He did. He did. And more people should be talking about Bodie Rook. But mm-hmm. we're not here to talk about Bodie Rook, are we? We're
1: here we're to talk here. about his boyfriend, Cassian. Talk about- oh, his I'm sorry. Boyfriend. I'm a sniper pilot shipper. I've written Bodie, Cassian, Fig. It's on my AO3. <laughs> That's fabulous. We
0: support all ships. <laughs> um, uh, I'm personally a rebel captain girl at heart, but I, I, I respect that. I respect your uh, sniper pilot for sure. <laughs> but we're here to talk about Andor. And uh, so yesterday, or at midnight last night, the fourth episode of Andor came out. Um, and I just... I'm still honestly every minute of every day just in awe that we're getting the show, that the show is here. It's making me as a as the Rogue One stand feeling feel so uh, just validated, so like so thrilled and excited that like finally this character and these and this like part of the Star Wars journey is getting such like such detail and such attention. Um, so I'm just still over the moon that Me it even too. exists in the first place. And additionally,
1: the episode was amazing. It was so good. It was so, the, so good. The entire show has just been so good. Like I'm just, I, I can't believe the kind of story that we're getting and it's, it's political and in your face, it's not pulling punches and it's exactly what I can't, uh, what a Cassian show should be. Absolutely, yes. Political is
0: is so important, especially yes, to this era of Star Wars. This like pre-rebellion, the Empire's taken over. The Empire's taking over so much that they're even phasing out the 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 corpo, like the corporations that are running systems. Like they shut the shut it down in this episode, um, and where it's only going to get worse. So a lot happened in this episode a lot of a lot of setup for future events, a lot of like meeting characters and and getting us like ready to go for some big adventure coming up. And since a lot of a lot of it happened and we met a lot of new people, um, and I would like to play a game that you play on your podcast called Hope Recaps the Entire Episode.
1: Okay, I'm gonna warm up everybody now. I haven't fully learned everyone's names, so <laughs> we'll do the best I can. That's okay. Um, the The ISB lady, her name is Deidre. Deirdre, I believe. Deidre. Okay, like, cool. She was the only one I was just like I wasn't sure. All right. <clears throat> So we open the episode and Cassian's like, hi, guy who kidnapped me. And and Luthen's just like, sup, you want to work for me? And Cassian's like, I, I don't know, man. I, I kind of have a life. And like Luthen's like, what life? Running? theft? Let's do it like the cool kids do and he puts on his shades and he looks <laughs> awesome. And Cassian's like, I don't know, man. And Luthen's like, here, I'm going to throw a ton of money and a kyber crystal at you. And Cassian's like, all right, I'm in. Let's go. So they get to a planet that's all green and stuff. Uh, I think it's the title of the episode: Al Alden, Aldente, Aldente. What's <laughs> the name <in> of the planet? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a real Star Wars fan. It's fine. Um And uh, Lu- uh, Luther, Lu- Lex Luther, Luther's just like, hey. So my friend's coming. I'm gonna chat with her. You stay here. Don't take my ship. And and Cassian's like, okay. So he goes outside and we meet Val. And I was just like, oh, Val from Solo. And it's like, no, Val. And I'm like, oh, sad face. And Val's just like, hey, boss, what's up? And he's like, I have a shiny new mercenary for you. He's fantastic and trustworthy. And if you don't like him and he fails, you can just shoot him. It's fine. I only (laughs) have 20, 200,000 credits and a kyber crystal invested in this man. And Val is just like, boy, why? Do you know how hard it is going to do this? It is going to be for me? And Luther's like, make it work. I'm going to 10-gun this. Make it work. And so he's like, hey Clem, come outside. And Cassian comes out and he's just like, hey, I'm Clem. And Bell's like, uh let's walk. You're lucky you're hot. Let's go. So they walk for like a day. And... They get back to a group of people who are all really cool. I don't remember any of their names, but one of them is going to die. So it's probably best we don't get a, like attached to them. It's probably going to be the model builder because they were just like, Look how endearing he is. He Hope is adorable. He do- <laughs> Hope he doesn't die and we'll rip your heart out. And they're all like, Grr, we don't like you. And Cassian's like, Cool. I don't know any of you, so I'm not emotionally invested in any of this. That's fine. <laughs> I'm here for the money finger guns and so they like (laughs) give him lunch and they look at the the cute guy like little endearing guy's model and he's just like this is my model of our plan and we also play Dungeons and Dragons on it it's great and so they they take the plan it's apparently like the star shower that's going to be coming and they're going to steal like the payroll of the Imperials and then get out of there and Cassian's like this is a suicide run for all of you, I'm the protagonist. I will be fine. And so they're like, cool. Meanwhile, on the other side of things, uh, Cyril Karn is the boy that everybody wants to punch in his in the face. And he is real sad because he got yelled at by the ISB and he's not a real Imperial anymore. So he does the one thing that all Twitter yelling angry boys do. He runs home to his mommy. And then finally we go to like this really, really hot girl. Not finally, there's still Mon Mothma, but she's also a hot girl. And we meet Deidre, Deidre. De- De- daedra and she's like hi i'm an up-and-coming imperial i'm kind of like agent callus but not and they're like oh you're like agent Callus. hope you don't become a rebel and she's like i won't i want all the jurisdiction because i'm a go-getter and everybody else in the empire is just like mm, sit down you're a lady and she's like <laughs> boo i'm gonna beat all of you and go behind your backs i guess maybe we'll see you next week I honestly don't remember what happened to her at the end of the episode. So we go to Mon Mothma, and she is fabulous. Mon Mothma is like, "Hi, Luthen, how are you?" And he's like, "I'm great." Come to this like super secret gift meeting in the back, and she's like, "Oh my god, you're so great!" And they go back th- back there, and he's just like, "Look." I have people to feed. Give me my money. And she's like, I'm doing the best I can. I'm essentially Nancy Pelosi in, a pos- in this position, and I don't know what to do because everyone's trying to kill me. He's like, well, make it work. She's like, "Stopping Tim Gunn. And then they walk out, and they're like, well, that was fun. Let's go. And then she gets in her car, and she's all moody. And she gets home, and she has the worst husband in the world because this (laughs) husband is just like hi honey i don't give a care about anything you're doing i have this super secret guest list of people who want you dead here's sly moore and this other guy with the funny hat from the original trilogy they probably all want you dead but they're fun and she's like "Mm, we're probably gonna be divorced by the end of this and then she stalks off and that's essentially what happened right yeah, we'll go with that. The end. <laughs> well done. Thank, you. Thank Yay. you. Well done. That was perfect. No notes
0: at all. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. We might as well wrap it up here. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was perfect. That I don't think you missed anything. Um, I really
1: don't remember what happened with Gia. Drafted. No, she got chewed out by her uh, higher up, and that was it. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. She got
0: she got chewed out and was like, "Hey, yeah." He was like, "Knock it off. Like, don't." don't overstep but you're doing a really good job uh, a <laughs>
1: gold star but not too many
0: yeah and you know what as, as as he was saying that as he like handled that fairly like deftly he like he was like yeah that dude you're right get out of here hey uh Dedra Dedra um you are um doing a really really good job except for the part where you're trying to do things that aren't your job so so stop it but Keep doing what you're doing. And I was like, that's actually,
1: like, pretty good supervisor work. Like, he seems like an okay boss. It, it almost feels like he's trying to tell her to quietly quit. Like, you know, the whole quiet quitting thing where it's like, oh, we yeah. just want you to do your job description and nothing more. And she's like, but I <laughs> want to be an overachiever. And he's like, in this economy. <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah, I was, pretty, um, I was pretty impressed by that scene. There was, like, a lot going on and a lot of, like, malicious eye contact that i really liked um
1: do you, do you think we'll see you lauren i don't know that because when i saw everybody in the isb i was just like oh that opens the door for you lauren but tom kane is sick and the original you are actor is dead so hmm. <laughs> the,
0: honestly they're they're opening up so much in this show in general that like i feel like anything can happen yeah. I feel like we can really be surprised by any number of, like, cameos and references, um, mm-hmm. which I think is really cool. And speaking of the Imperials, um, just, like, a note that I wrote here on on my notes, something that I uh, just wanted to, like, real quick mention. We talk a lot about how, like, in, in Rogue One and in this show so far... Um, it's been really cool to spend time with like actual rep, like the, what the on the ground rebellion looks like, what like a normal person in Star Wars is up to, like the the hardship of a life under the Imperials and everything. Um, And I just wanted to say that I really liked the look of or and like what we got to see in this episode of what life as a regular imperial looks like. Yeah. Not just like a high up, not a grand moff, not a governor, not, you know, not any of those guys, just like a regular agent, a regular person doing a regular job. We saw um, Cyril's uh, mom's house, you know, she lives in like, like a you know corporate you know terrible sterilized apartment building um with you know two close neighbors and all of that and like that's just like how people live under the uh, under the empire so i i just i really like the look that this show is giving us at like everybody's normal life um while the empire is in charge i think that's really cool
1: i really agree with that because um somebody I, can't, I wish I could remember who last week talked about how Andor feels like a Star Wars novel, and yeah. because like this is very common in the like Lost Stars is essentially about the mm-hmm. everyday people of the Empire and yeah. and how they like get roped in by that propaganda. But that point is is also why I love the first season of Star Wars Rebels because mm-hmm. they're not dealing with the Throns and the Tarkins and the Vaders yet; they're dealing with the lackeys who. Are just the one, the the bullies that are put in charge because their warm body is on a nothing planet in the middle of nowhere. And, and like, that's why I love Araskill and Grin and and season one of Rebels.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. And, and I have, um, I have only recently finished Rebels, but I have now officially seen it all. Um, and I, yes, I had the same, the same feelings about Rebels. Rebels endeared itself to me really, really fast because of how, like, normal it felt to for these guys to be running into like middle management and like yeah and that was something i really liked about rogue one and like director krennic who's just like, yeah he's in charge of the death star right but he's still just like some guy he's like he's like middle management trying to w- work his way up higher and he has he's finally got this like big death star project and then he gets it swooped out from underneath them by tarkin which is just something that happens all the time
1: to guys like that right um it's have really you, really interesting have you ever read any of the thrawn novels i have not so krennic's in the opening couple like 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 two or three chapters of thrawn treason and then he's not in the rest of the book but one of his lackeys is in it and you find out that krennic makes everybody under him wear capes
0: oh fantastic right as he would fantastic because the they can- should wear capes
1: the dude gets on Thrawn's ship and all the Imperials are like, why are you on a cape? <laughs> He's like, capes are cool. Shut up. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's essentially his answer. He's like, well, everybody knows I work for Krennic and I'm important. They're like, uh-huh, anyway.
0: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely fantastic. Perfect. I love that for Krennick. I love that for his voice. <laughs> awesome so the imperials are up to some nonsense again as they as they do as they always do um and so in response we've got the rebels up to some nonsense i went and did specifically go to find the names of all of our rebel friends on this, uh, on aldani which is the planet that we're on we've got vel we've got cinta who is just so beautiful i can't i like could not stop looking at her every time she was on screen okay. um vel sinta Karis, gorn Arvil, and terramin um now if you ask me which one of those was which absolutely cannot tell you
1: it have... was the only one i recognized and i was like yep the rest of those are names too
0: yep vel and sinta are the only ones whose names i remembered um but i'm glad that you brought up and mentioned um our model builder friend um who is just the cutest on the planet he's gonna die (laughs) oh he's totally he's either gonna die or he's gonna betray everybody and i just we're being
1: set up for something with him and it's gonna break my heart no matter what Um, or cassian's gonna betray him because he's so idealistic and he's like i trust that guy he has gumption and stuff and then cassian's gonna betray him he's gonna be like but i believed in you bro yeah
0: it could be um I it, it was interesting to me that the way that he described, like, the reason why he's like, yeah, I'm all in on Cassian already, is he said that he, like, sensed that he had devotion to the cause. Do you think this kid is Force-sensitive?
1: Ooh, I, you know, I could see that argument. Um, it's it's hard to tell because I wouldn't say that if he was Force-sensitive, I would put, probably put him on the level of, like, Chirrut, not like a Jedi, Mm -hmm. um yeah so like maybe like he's our tie-in with the wills or like that kind of idea because i've also seen a lot of speculation about whether or not luthan is a jedi in hiding which is why he has a kyber crystal um Mm -hmm. i don't fully get behind that but i think it's an interesting thought and I, I think we're going to have some sneaky ways of having the force because like they also name drop Sly Moore, who is a force sensitive person as well. Right. Um. So I, I could see them subtly slipping in the force here and there. But I I don't think our model builder is a full Jedi, but I could definitely see him on the same level as like a turret, maybe a little bit below yes. that.
0: Yeah, that's about kind of what I was what I was getting from him not like a oh i can sense a blaster bolt coming my way or you know but like really really like uncannily good intuition mm-hmm. the ability to like read people the way that chirit and Bays in rogue one ask questions like does he have the face of a killer like no he has the face of a friend you know mm-hmm. that like something on cassian's face or in cassian's like aura um, it says to people with that kind of force sensitivity that, like, this is not a bad man. This is not a bad person. Um, he has the face of a friend, and I and I I just something about this model builder kid was giving me that exact face of a friend kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see And that. So, so I don't know. Like I'd like I, I can't wait to learn more. Maybe I'm maybe I'm totally off base, but that's kind of the just the 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 vibe i was getting from that it reminded me of that specific scene from rogue one um and so yeah i can't wait to learn more about these guys they've got themselves an undercover imperial they've got a um you know a, a model builder they've got uh you know a, a couple of very gruff you know can't trust this guy guys that uh, hopefully- you can't trust him but we're all hot it's fine uh, yeah and yes and um, and they're all beautiful like what a beautiful collection of people
1: i love the undercover imperial like to have that in live action because we i we haven't had a lot of undercover cover imperials in live action right. um so it, it's nice to see it because like we're used to like aging callous but like the general audience this might be one of their first introductions to this kind of concept so yeah i, I, I really like that because it's it's good for a general audience
0: Yes, yes, I completely agree. That's, like, a really, a really good point.
1: Let's talk about Mon Mothma. Yay! <laughs> I, I,
0: I, I want Mon
1: be. Me too. Like, I, I don't want to be that, like, guy with, like, with the Cassian side of things, but, like, to me, like, that was, I, I don't want to say, like, the weakest part of the episode, but all that was, like, set up for, like, later episodes, so there's not, like, a lot of meat there, but there's a lot of meat in the Mon Mothma mon mothma luthan stuff and all the imperial side of things oh yeah
0: absolutely um i really liked their conversation when they go to the back of the to the back of the shop first of all having a shop like an antique shop as your cover for illicit activities is fantastic it's very bond movie it's very like it's giving it's giving spy spy thriller yeah and i really really enjoy that um it means that he can get all the rich people in talking to them in private and um i something the thing that stood out to me about their their conversation was their um their talk about like the spies in their midst and how they like you could tell when there's a new spy around because it's a new face that you've never seen before a new driver mm-hmm. a new attendant a new you know um and and i i it make it kind of reminded me of like the scale of things here that like the empire is i mean there's literally billions and billions of people in in the empire now and that they can just replace people kind of willy-nilly um and people can just disappear like her driver like where did her old driver go we don't know like because the empire decided we needed somebody with eyes on mom mothma that person disappeared and it kind of kind of shook me a little bit
1: Well, what's interesting to me about that is it's like the opposite of Padme, which really shows the difference between the the um, Republic versus the Empire, because Padme had all her handmaidens. She had all of her aides and she hand chose each of them and, and trained them and they were able to be interchangeable with her. And imagine if the empire suddenly came in was like, we're taking Zabe away and you can't say anything about it. Like, it's the exact opposite of what was happening in the Republic where Mon Matma has really no control over the people around her, where Padme was like handpicking the people that she trusted most to be in her inner circle and to be her eyes and her ears and, like, to watch a crowd for her and to spread out and, like, talk to people and mingle. Like, it, and it was her network of spies. And, like, Mon mm-hmm. Mothma is like, well, if I got all that stripped away from me. Let's ha- let's go.
0: <laughs> yeah, she got all that stripped away from her. She's got a new driver she doesn't know. And now
1: she's going home to her unbelievably gorgeous house. But before we move off, I do want to ask you one question about oh, yeah. their conversation. Um Mon Mothma says that she wants to bring a person to her inner circle, and she doesn't say who. Who do you think that person is?
0: Oh, gosh. I have no idea. I have I have no idea. I'm hoping. I'm rooting for a um, a Bail Organa. Um, but I feel like Bail, Bail Organa is the inner circle, right?
1: Yeah, because like, um, he helped her form all of this. So right, I, I feel I'm, like... Yeah. Right. I'm just
0: hoping for a Jimmy Smith's appearance. Um, yeah. <laughs> just all the always. Um, and so if it's not if Bill are gonna, yes, he is the inner circle already, assume presumably. Um, the other faces that I'm hoping to see are the um the senators from the council scene in Rogue One. Um uh, the only one whose name I can remember off the top of my head is Pamlo, who is that beautiful female senator with the gold um oh, yeah, yeah. headscarf. And then there's the guy from Sherlock, <laughs> um, <laughs> Anderson, whose um, character I can't remember, but you know who you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, and then the the other guy that was in there, you know, there's like the, those senators, they are, or there are counselors, but like one of them's a senator, another one's a council. Like, there are at least more than one senator in that circle, or like a like admiratus or something. You know, like somebody, somebody. I'm hoping for another Rogue One
1: cameo is what I'm, yeah. what I'm rooting for. Who do you think it is? As much as I don't want to say this, but it's corporate market synergy, and I hate saying that because <laughs> she's my she's my favorite character in all of Star Wars, but I I think it could possibly be Ahsoka. You know, she because in this time period, Ahsoka is working for Bail Organa and right. setting up like the and like going between like the the sex and stuff like that. And with an Ahsoka show coming, it'd be like, Oh, that lady from the book of Boba Fett and the Mandalorian. Now she's here. And like, she's important and her show is coming, but right. I really don't want it to be Ahsoka to be honest. Right. Um, I really like that. This show has like no Jedi and stuff. And it's just about the everyday people. And I feel like that would just take it to like a level that I, I, I just don't feel like that would be a Tony Gilroy choice. I feel like it would be like a Disney corporate choice
0: right yeah it doesn't it doesn't feel like like it would mesh with the vibe of the show that we've gotten so far but we still have episodes yet to go so you know we, we we don't know it could be i also agree that i wouldn't want that to be true
1: um it does make me hope for the ghost crew though Oh yes. Big hope Big, for the ghost crew. Because we know they're going to, at least Hera and Sabine are going to be in live action, but Sabine's actress wasn't casted at this time, but we don't right. know who's playing Hera, so this could be the introduction of Hera's live action before they announced her being in Ahsoka. That's true. It could be. There was a Ryloth mention
0: mm-hmm. um, in the in the when the Imperials are all sitting around. There was a, a mention of Ryloth. They mentioned Ryloth and Scarif and Tamsy Prime. Um three, three great planet name drops kind of
1: all in a row that I, I, that I really liked. Tw- Twi'leks are my favorite species of Star Wars. So any anytime anything's with Twilux and, and Ryloth, I'm just like, yes, let's go. <laughs> I want it yes absolutely yes um
0: i, I was would, hoping oh, gosh, for it
1: a shamson doula name drop and then i would have absolutely lost my mind <laughs> oh my gosh we can only dream we can only hope and mm-hmm. uh i just
0: we, yes i really i really really want that um um but i wasn't her- going i wasn't going to go like too much further into the rest of um what we saw of on mothma because there really isn't a lot uh left i was just going to talk about how absolutely freaking beautiful her house is um
1: stunningly beautiful and that her husband sucks yeah if if we say anything else i i this is gonna sound horrible i love her husband but i love him in the same way that i love to hate tim who got shot in episode three yes because they represent these, like, very important kind of real-world characters. Like, Mm -hmm. Tim is very much the McCarthy-era, Red Scare, Lavender Scare, neighbor. And he's, like, your neighbor who doesn't like you, so he reports you to the police to get you out of the way. And, like, that's who Tim was. And Mon Mothma's husband, Perrin, I think his name is. I literally wrote about him today, and now I can't remember his name. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was Perrin. I think that's right. I um, didn't write it down because I don't like that guy. <laughs> yeah, he's not good enough to have a name. Um, <laughs> no, but like he represents the very like real world situations, like when you have fascism rising, about the inter drama within a family, like mm-hmm. you know, t- to use our own real world politics like when whenever there's election i tend to have fights with my my parents because we're on opposite political sides and it's like um he's kind of representing that like he's kind of a mooch and he's okay being a senator's husband but he's not fully supportive of what she's doing or thinking about her because to him he has his own aspirations that are clashing with hers and just the the deepest of deep cut cut easter eggs is when she mentions the um oh i meant to keep this up the the gamore shipping lines were shut off yes um in rebels that's their massacre is why she leaves and that's right that was such a nice like setup for that so i really liked that scene and what it represents because he's very much a tim character where he is really in it more for himself and selfish reasons and but they're very real like if something happened to parents she would probably crush that's her husband even though he's kind mm-hmm. of a jerk and it's the same as bix um they they they're very real characters that are representing a very specific thing in our own real world and as much as we want to punch them in the face they're very important for this kind of story
0: Absolutely, you're yes, ab- absolutely. I'm really glad you said that. You make really excellent points.
1: I love to hate characters, and he <laughs> he is one. I love to hate him. I was like, oh, yeah, you're going to get punched in the face or dead. Let's see. Yeah. We'll see. Um, you no, know, that, yeah, that guy for sure. Yeah, I'm like, I
0: hate this guy. Um, <laughs> but it is the mark of a really good character and a particularly good acting performance to elicit mm-hmm. that kind of emotion in in people. And when, he, as soon as his mouth opens, I was like, I know that guy. I've met that guy. That guy runs around all over, you know, yeah, political circles and political conversations and um he's the i don't know he's the kellyanne conway to her george conway right i hate because i don't like either of
1: them but like like (laughs) though it does make me wonder if he even knows what she's doing because i feel like if he knew that she was part of the rebels and doing all this she he wouldn't invite people that would kill his wife in an instant you know and so how much is it her being secretive and he's just not in the know or how much of it is him just being a jerk like because he's inviting the governor of so-and-so so probably in his mind he's trying to help but he might not even be in the know of what she's doing. That's true he does have a line the line that stuck out
0: was um where she said you know they all they all want me gone like they don't want me here they'll mm-hmm. never listen to anything I say and he says and maybe by tomorrow they won't Um, like yeah, he maybe yeah, maybe he thinks he's helping. He's like, Hey, if I bring all of these fancy people over to my house, people that I want to know for my own personal influence, and then maybe they won't hate my wife. I don't know. Like Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe he thinks he's being helpful, but he's also a total
1: jerk about it. So yeah, because he's like, Well, you're gonna be on the not fun zone and why is everything fun (laughs) dad?
0: The boring table. (laughs) Like, oh come on, dude,
1: grow up. Like You're a grown man. By the way, I think I accidentally cut you off earlier. Yes. Her house is amazing.
0: Amazing. (laughs) It's so pretty. The minute that door opened, I was like, that is the most beautiful thing with the trees and the branches and flowers, but it's all the
1: same like white and gold color scheme and (laughs) – Oh, it was just perfect. It screams High Republic era. It's also art deco in a lot of ways. And I love the art deco era of art. It's, it's, oh, there's so much and it's so pretty. And, I love her house. I want to visit it because I could. I will. I don't want to say I want to live there because I couldn't afford it, but I just want to sure. visit it and just like roll around on her couch for a while.
0: I want to borrow her interior decorator and have them come to my house and like tell me how I can also live like Mon Mothma on a budget.
1: Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I'll make all that and get a fake bonsai tree. <laughs> Can we talk uh-huh. about for like two seconds, Cyril Karn just being a sad boy for five yeah, minutes? Yeah, yeah. Let's talk. Yeah. Let's talk about Cyril Karn. Cause I just like that. He was a sad boy for five minutes.
0: He was so sad. I think I saw a tear in his eye. He was legitimately upset. And then his mom slapped him in the face. Oh, I
1: loved because that slap has like so much behind it. It's like, why would you slap him? Like, what's the story behind it? And mm-hmm. like, there, there was an interview saying that his mom was like a pageant mom from hell and i was just like oh it's going to be so good
0: oh that's going to be <laughs> so good um okay. yeah the like um the slap you and then hug you kind of thing it's a very like yeah like pageant mom or like um how dare you you abandon me but i love you anyways come inside it's yeah. a, i'm seeing i'm seeing a slap and hug like that coming from somebody if cassie had ever made it back to um wherever he was with uh with his mom with marva i yeah. can imagine her maybe not full-blown slapping him across the face but like a how dare you leave without saying goodbye or whatever yeah. and then a big
1: hug come on inside babe like it's 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 cool it's let's feed you
0: <laughs> like-
1: I, I, so i was really happy about this episode because one of the things that i really don't want is cyril to get redeemed uh, mm-hmm. like redemption yes is a big theme of star wars and mm-hmm. um I, I i wrote about it this week so i'll I will just keep this short so I don't regurgitate that. But I do think there should be characters that are just so horrible and and that they don't get redeemed. And so when they do get what's coming for them, it's cathartic. Like these are like the Joffreys and the Ramseys from Game of Thrones, or like the Dolores Umbridge from Harry Potter kind of characters. Right. And yes. I feel like Cyril is one of those. So just watching him get chewed out by the ISB, I was just smiling the whole time because. That was the first thing that needed to happen was to see that he's not like a real Imperial and that he's actually like under them. But I feel like it was an important moment too because he has two choices. He's either going to get better or he's going to double down. And I definitely think he's going to double down into I his think so. pity. And I think I'm so here too. for it. I'm here for him to be an idiot.
0: <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm totally here for it. I think so too. He seems like... He seems like the sort of person to double down and I feel like he might he might be in for a lecture of a well so you got so what you got fired go get another job so what you got
1: sent over here go back you know kind of thing yeah, from his mom like, I didn't train you to give up I want you to go into the imperial academy or walk up to the ISB and demand your job back and tell them all about the rebels and snitch them out and blah 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 like if, yeah. if or yeah.
0: Or I have to do this yourself and bring him in, you know, and then they'll give you your gun and badge back, you know, like mm-hmm. like every good cop movie where where they you know you're on you're on leave, give turn in your gun and badge, and then they go and do it anyways, mm-hmm. um, you know, like that, and then yeah. so yeah, yeah. so maybe so he's gonna go
1: rogue. I don't oh. know. We'll see. Oh, can't wait to see it.
0: Yeah, there's so much more good stuff. We've already got so much good
1: stuff and there's so much more to come. I can't believe how lucky we are. We are like us us Rogue One fans are eating so good right now. So (laughs) good.
0: So speaking of more to come. Um, Do you have? Um, we've 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 speculated a little bit throughout, but do you have any like predictions or anything that you're like specifically looking to see for the future of the show?
1: Well, with the Slymore name drop, now I want to see Slymore. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> no, but like that Slymore feels like the perfect Star Wars kind of thing to add in because a she's a connection to the prequels and all of that. But she's also very dangerous. She's force sensitive. She works for Palpatine. So if she does show up at that dinner party, Mon Mothma is in danger, which feels like a very spy movie kind of thing. So right. like with that with that name drop, I just really want to see Slymore really bad. Yes. Um, but as for the overall series, you know, I don't want it to be a full cameo, and I don't want them to have a, a have like a full conversation or anything. But because Cassian is sneaking into all these imperial things and like running in and stealing freighters, who is a freighter pilot in Rogue One? Bodhi. Bodhi. Aww. And I would, I would love a moment where it's like Bodhi is just like walking in and like seeing someone stealing the ship, and he just kind of like backs out, and it's just <laughs> like like I'm just doing my job, um, kind of scene. That would um, be so funny. Yeah. Or, or even if they did have a conversation where Bodhi's like, I will not tell anybody. Stun me. Just, I don't want to do this. And um, Cassian's like, okay, stun. Bye. And he runs away. Like, I, I just feel like if Cassian is sneaking into these like kind of lower level areas, like Bodhi just feels like a character we could run into. And that would just be fantastic. And I would cry as a Bodhi fan and fall over. But I don't think it would be it would happen, but I would like for it to happen. So I guess technically it's a prediction, but I don't actually <laughs> think it would happen. It's like a like a wish list. And that's yeah. and that's valid.
0: Um I do I do love that. A good Bodhi cameo or or, or general cameo. I'm hoping for a gin mention. Um from I'm hoping for a Sagarera Jim Jin name drop. Um mm-hmm. Because according to the timeline, this is just about exactly the same time as he's ditched Jen on Tamsy Prime. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping for a, oh well, you know, like when we when we meet Saw later in the series. I'm hoping for a, well, you know, oh my daughter would have been here, or like a, well, I just lost my daughter, so for you know, forgive <laughs> me if I'm not be- feeling generous or something like that. Yeah, you know?
1: I. I guess if I had to have a solid prediction I something I kind of was coming into this show with was season one was probably going to be all about like how he got into the rebellion while season two was going to be him in the rebellion Mm -hmm. which we kind of knew because of the interviews and stuff like that but my big prediction is really I think we're going to see like all the other big easter egg cameos in season two. I feel like season one really wants to focus on like just Cassian and just Mon Mothma. Mm -hmm. But I feel like season two is like where we would get, be like, here's Harrison Dula and Osaka Tano and Bill Organa and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, I feel like that would be the cameo fest season. Yeah. I
0: think our last big cameo um, for, or our last big like, established character appearance for this season will be saw because we've seen mm-hmm. Saw in, in the trailer drops. So I'm yeah. pretty sure I'm pretty sure we're going to get saw this season. Probably Slymore more also so long as they don't skip over the dinner party. I hope they don't skip over it. Me, I hope they either. I hope they go through every excruciating detail of that dinner party me too. <laughs> um, um and uh, I I just had you know like a thought, not a prediction but like a thought um, going to like sabotage and steal from like a garrison, or and you know stealing imperial documents and stuff, also feels like something that Sagarrera would want to do. So if we're gonna run into Sagarrera, I feel like oh no, we're accidentally doing missions <laughs> at the same time in the same garrison. Kind of feels like a
1: like a thing that could happen. <laughs> that that would be actually didn't that happen in Fallen Order? Like that's how Cal Kestis met Sagarrera because
0: he was <laughs> I'm pretty sure I didn't myself play Fallen Order, but uh, my husband did, and I watched him play uh, most of it. And I'm pretty sure that's exactly
1: how I, I watched Scott like in let's plays one. of it. Um, so I actually have seen a lot of people wondering if if Cal Kessis will show up. I again, I, I hope this is a very Jedi like show, but you right. never know. It could be Cal Kesses, yeah. uh, know. It- and if not in
0: this show, maybe a maybe a future show. You've obviously got the actor for it, since mm-hmm. he did the motion capture for it, uh, Cameron Monahan, a very fabulously talented young man. Yeah, um, I, just,
1: I just don't feel like that's a Tony girl Roy thing to do, though. Like that's just not like he's not the fanboy that someone like John Favreau is, you know? Right.
0: Yes. So so probably not in, in Andor, maybe in in the Ahsoka show. Maybe mm-hmm. in. A future project, maybe in a another season of, of The Mandalorian. Uh, you'll, you know, who yeah. knows? We the the world is so open for us. Mm-hmm. So that, and I, and and that I appreciate. Thank yeah. you, Star Wars.
1: <laughs> Stop giving us characters to love. <laughs> <laughs> my heart is too full as it is my cups are spilling over into other cups <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep too many people to fall in love with um, we are, are uh, we are very blessed <laughs>
1: anything else that you wanted to talk about from this episode anything stand out um, I think Luthen's interesting and I like that I don't really know what his game is or which side of him is the real Luthan Is it the rich, fancy guy side or the side that he's showing to Cassian? Um, Like, did he start as the rich, fancy guy and then turn into the other guy? Or was he the other guy and is turning into the rich, fancy guy? I I don't know. Like, I I like that we don't really know his deal or where he is or what even his backstory is. And I I think he's really interesting. I think he's probably one of the characters that, like, every time he's on screen, I'm just like, oh, what's he going to do next? Like, I loved him putting wig and the like the the rings and like yeah t- be fancy and yeah that like that like strike
0: a pose at the end when he finished putting on the rings and and man that wig that was the the nicest wig i've ever seen right <laughs> um, right yeah he put it on and i was like that looks kind of fake from the back and then he turned around and it's like a perfect lace <laughs> front i was like oh <laughs>
1: Never mind. He looks amazing. It's Star Wars. You know, if they can fit sixteen outfits of Padme in a suitcase, he can have a like nice wig. Absolutely,
0: one hundred percent. And then yeah, and then he turns around and like strikes a couple of poses, and that felt like that that spoke a lot to his character. I think that really like it gave us a moment where you could see him physically putting on like a mask. Mm-hmm. Uh, like this is I'm putting on a mask. I'm putting on a new character. This is who I am now, and I've got to do something physical to get into it mm-hmm. um, was really, really interesting. Yeah. Um, because- and I want to see if he does the same thing in reverse, if he takes the wig off and then has to, like, shake
1: it off, like, shake the character off and do something else. Because it also s- poses the question of what mask is he wearing for Cassian? Um mm-hmm. Because he is really showing everybody different sides of himself and different characters. And he might have a whole other side that's not even the real Luthan that he shows to Cassian. That's not even the real Luthan he shows to Mon Mothma. He might have an entirely third side that he's like, this is the real me to, I don't know, like Saul or something. Yeah. Yes, it, absolutely. And
0: I hope we find out. I hope we get lots and lots more of Luthan.
1: Yeah, it's he has just so many layers. Like, he gives Cassian this really precious kyber crystal, and then he goes out to Vel, and he's like, yeah, you can kill him, even though my super <laughs> precious kyber crystal is on his body, and I want it back, but not that bad, I guess. Like, Yeah, kill him if you feel
0: like it. I don't know. Yeah, he's very lax about that, which, I don't know. Like, is he
1: bluffing? I don't ooh, I don't know. It- that maybe the kyber crystals bugged with something like a listening device or something like that Ooh. so he could spy on so he's sending actually cassian to spy on the other people or something Ooh, yeah that's an interesting theory because it's such a weird scene that he's like i'm gonna give you this most precious thing and then he's like yeah if he dies with the precious thing on his body it's fine like it's just, it's just weird yeah definitely weird
0: definitely worth uh examining later for sure
1: yeah, because he was already giving him two hundred thousand credits. Like that was enough. Why give him a down payment of this priceless thing? Yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah, we'll find. We'll see. I hope I. I honestly, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show to hang out with me and talk Andor with me.
1: Oh, I'm so happy to be here. I'm could talk forever about Rogue One and Andor. So, <laughs> I I'm so happy to be here. I would have. Have me back anytime to talk about the things we love. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Please come back. We would
0: love to have you on again. We have so many more episodes to go. Uh that, you know, we have a just a just a wealth of of stuff to talk about. I just love mm-hmm. that. Um, so I think that everybody who's listening to the show should also go and listen to Hope's podcast, Jedi's and Jedi. Um, if they are interested in following
1: you or listening to your podcast, uh, how can they do so? Um, I actually also want to add, I'm on another podcast. (gasps) Another podcast? It's a project that I've been working with a bunch of really awesome people with for months now. Um, It's called For Light and Dice. And it's a Star Wars tabletop podcast (sighs) set in the High Republic. um, And it's run entirely by queer people. Oh my gosh, that's amazing! That yeah. sounds wonderful. And we're launching our first episode. I think October second. Like we're releasing the first two episodes next week, actually. Um, and I play a character named Gaz. She's a Gazo because I love Star Wars Resistance um and i'm really excited about this project because and and it's just we had a really good time doing it and it's a star wars tabletop podcast that's a real play podcast too so you can hear all my horrible dice rolls (laughs) (laughs) that sounds amazing does that show have like a twitter
0: handle or something that people can follow
1: yeah it's just for light and dice For light and dice. Wonderful. Um, And then, of course, you can find me at Jedi on Twitter. I write for Dorkside of the Force. I'm a contributor for them, um, which any of the writing I've mentioned in this episode is over on Dorkside of the Force. And, of course, I'm part of the Geeky Waffles with you. Yay! I love the waffles.
0: Hey, Um, Alice! Where can
1: people find you?
0: Oh, stop it! <laughs> um, I am on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Alice White T H P, which stands for Those Happy Places, which is our flagship show all about theme parks, rides, and attractions. Um, you can follow that show and this one on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and yeah, follow the show at Rogue Fun Pod. That's the um, the show's Twitter and um if you are interested in supporting the show uh, monetarily you can find that information at uh, patreon.com slash those happy places we got bonus episodes and blog posts and all sorts of fun stuff if you uh and those of you listening to the show are interested in uh how you can support the show that's the place to go that is uh once again patreon.com slash those happy places uh, and I think that uh, brings us to our conclusion. Hope, thank you so much for for coming. We'll come back anytime. Oh
1: yeah, thank and you so much for having me. I had a, a really good time. Yay! I'm so glad. I you're you're a delight to talk to. Oh, so are you. <laughs> is, is this where I say the thing? Say the thing. Rogue fun. Pulling away.
0: <laughs> May the force be with you.